0: Following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, buddy. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah. And um, so much for that. It's time for the break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break with
1: Nick Eatman, David Hellman. Ambar Garcia and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 25th, 2018, season 14, episode number six. Welcome to another edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the start, it's draft week. We're all excited. Cowboys and the rest of the NFL will begin the draft tomorrow night. Uh, We have a lot of coverage uh, for you guys. Um, There'll be a live draft show that'll happen all tomorrow night throughout the draft, from start to finish, same thing Friday, same thing Saturday. Uh, Nick and his guys will be writing articles. Amber will be putting stuff together in Spanish for all of you Spanish speaking fans out there. So, this will be a fun week. How's everybody doing? I think
2: Dave Hellman is included in pre- pretty much all of that. Yes, he is. Oh, no. Nope. Draft show. Spanish? He's going to be writing some. Yeah, I think he. he I, I oh. came in there. We're talking Spanish to each other. So, maybe so. <laughs> when did you learn Spanish? I don't know Spanish. For I know, sure. I know a little bit of French, and it helps
3: me with Spanish. Tell me something in French. What was that? I mean, what do you want me to say? I mean,
1: <laughs> Who are they I mean, taking? say that like, tell me something in French.
3: Yeah. Like, je, 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 ne sais, je ne sais que uh, les le, le cowboys. I don't know.
1: I don't I'm know betting that's not right. There. Like, I'm betting. You no, say something. I like. said, I don't. Je, je ne sais. I don't know. Was what? he right? You know French.
4: He said it halfway. He said half a sentence. Yeah I, yeah. I
1: got halfway
3: there and then I cut it off. Okay.
4: Je ne sais pas
3: qu'est-ce que les cowboys. Je parle un peu de français.
4: Ouais. <laughs> That and sounded true. right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mais, may
1: non très beaucoup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So, let's talk some Cowboys football. Cowboys. Um, what I wanted to do today is I want to dissect uh, the conversations yesterday that happened uh, in the annual pre draft press conference. Now, I do need to put a caveat on that. Um, you probably he- believe about 3% of what you hear during this week from any GM or owner across the NFL because. What they say you always have to put through the the lens of they could be saying this for the purposes of other teams also hearing that and and that affecting how they approach the draft so with that being said we're going to talk about some of the things I think that came out yesterday um, and I want to get your opinions I have a couple of questions that I have that came out of those uh, those uh those statements um, and then we'll get uh, we'll hear for what you guys have to say and then relate it back to the draft and how it could affect the Cowboys draft strategy tomorrow Friday and Saturday Um, Let's start first with the Dez and the wide receiver position. Um, Jerry said um, we don't have a, or they're okay with the idea that they don't have a pure X wide receiver to replace Dez. And it sounds like they don't expect that that's going to be something that's coming in the draft. Um, My question for you guys is, can this team win without a true X receiver for this season,
2: they believe they can, and that's really all that matters. I don't know about can they or can they not, but they they think they can because they watch the Super Bowl and they don't feel like the two teams in the Super Bowl have a number one receiver. I don't know if you debatable. Can, I don't know, debatable, of course. But but do they use them as a number one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Jeffrey makes a lot of money, but is he the true number one? Is he the guy? Uh You can make the case maybe the same for Jacksonville, who got up there and. Who do the Eagles be? I mean, the Vikings have two pretty, really good receivers, I guess. But not guys that you think of as, like, the
3: prototypical X. Maybe not. Stephon Diggs is not. Yeah. And and Thielen. Adam
2: Thielen is not. He's your typical Rams. Rams did really well without a clear-cut number one receiver. I mean, you know, so I— I mean, I, they
1: I, didn't have a receiver that was
3: all-world. Yeah. I mean— which, it's an interesting point, because, I mean, there there is there are guys you could get in this draft who fit that mold. One of them's on the cover of our magazine, Cortland Sutton. But I don't necessarily get the hype, because they just parted ways with that guy, because uh, it didn't work for them. I mean, obviously, price point has something to do with that, but it, that didn't work with the style of football that they think they want to run. So, it's weird to me that people think they want to run out and redraft the same player a month after they got rid of the, the guy that fits that mold. Um, I mean, they, but they definitely could go back to that well in this draft. I just, maybe you want to try something new. Well, let's ask that question. I Is, think
4: that they've seen what they can do with a great O-line in the running game. So I would believe that's their main focus. They saw what they did in 2016 with Zeke and the O-line. So why not? They, they don't really need that kind of receiver, you know, just someone that kind of helps out a little bit, but. Not the main focus.
1: So let's play devil's advocate here for a second. Let's say you run up against a team that has a really good run defense. What do you do then? Uh, because we've seen in this offense, with this offensive line and this running back, there have been a few teams in the last two years that were able to solve the riddle of yeah. stopping this running game.
2: So what do you do when you run up against that if you don't have a true X receiver? Well, you lose 10-7 to 7 to the Giants up there, which is what they did. I mean, it, now they did come back and beat them last year, but... Um that's a good that's a good question. I mean you have to be able to to solve that and they 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 didn't do that so well the uh, Dax first year. I thought the second year that they had better answers for teams like that. But um you're right. I mean I, I hear what you're saying about your running team but you do need to scare some people off a little bit with your with your ability to go deep and or at least to stretch the defense. And so I, I think that they they need some um they need some speed, I think, at receiver. As well, I've
1: never heard that before. That's yeah. what yeah. I thought of this point. morning. Really I said, "I'm going to bring that." I, well, you know,
2: <laughs> when when two people you know line up to race, the guy that wins, you want that guy. Yeah, you want that guy, and you know, let him stretch the field a little bit. You know, what was
1: interesting is as Jerry was talking and making this statement, particularly about the receivers, um, he did mention the fact that you know you kind of want somebody that can come in and contribute a little bit and uh, and kind of give you a little speed. And I don't know how many people noticed that, but to me that stood out because if even more so than finding a guy that can be an X for you this year, it seems like really the focus should be can you find somebody that does something different than this other well, grouping of wide receivers? And the one thing that they don't have in spades right now is speed. See, I, I, I'm I, going a different way
3: with this. I don't really agree. And f- first of all, to play a wide receiver in the NFL, you got to be – pretty fast. I mean, just as a, you do, you, I mean, just generally speak, you have to have better, there've speed been a couple exceptions, exceptions. 99.9% of the human population. Uh, so I mean, you know, four or five. Oh, oh, no, that's not super fast. I get it, but you got to have it to play corner too. You so do no, And, but I, I'm not that interested in a receiver. Who's going to quote unquote tape to take the top off of the defense because I think the world of Dak Prescott, but I think there's a, a little bit to be said about how, Off he was on those deep balls last year. I mean, when him and Dez looked at their worst, more often than not, it was trying to connect on balls more than 20 yards downfield. You just didn't see that. And so I think of it more. uh, And plus, I think, I mean, I think Terrence Williams is faster than he gets credit for. And Deontay Thompson is a speed guy. I mean, they brought in a guy with similar characteristics to Bryce Butler who can do that. What I'm looking at, and again, you mentioned the Patriots, the Eagles, the Rams, these are all teams like I, I don't know that they have Brandon Cooks is a pretty fast guy, but I don't know that they have all world speed among their receivers either. I think big thing for them is finding different ways to get their guys open. Like I'm thinking about mesh points and having receivers running crossing routes and creating space and a guy who can run great routes who can create extra separation on a curl because of his footwork or or an in and can get that extra step like I don't care about having home run threats because I don't think that's suited to this quarterback's strengths. I would rather just have receivers who can get
1: open and make life easy for him. I do agree with a lot of that. My question would be, it seems like at least over the last couple of years— there were at least a few opportunities, a few times that we saw him connect well with Bryce Butler downfield. Yeah, so so I, I guess well, I wouldn't say that I mean, that's not a part of his game as much as maybe he and Des just as we all know, like he and Des were just not on the same in in for
3: whatever his reason. in his career. Obviously, he has shown an ability to hit the deep ball, and he and for the millionth time, I'll say it, he did it with Des consistently in twenty sixteen. I don't know what happened last year. I mean, I'll never know. But I don't know that anybody will. He can do it, but I think I, I just think his skill set. I'd just rather have a guy or multiple guys who can consistently be open, eight to fifteen yards downfield and give him easy throws. I don't really care that much about going, you know, running a nine and and being open
1: fifty yards downfield. So, how many wide receivers in this year's draft can give you that kind of? production do you think this year based on where they are right now without developing them they can give you that this year i just described the top two receivers in this draft and, that's and it's it only those
2: two no uh, no i mean there's some... a bad year for receivers i think no well you you being sarcastic no i i don't think i mean i don't think there's a dynamic receiver if there was he'd be drafted higher i don't think there's a dynamic receiver but i think that there it is a good it's a it's a there's a bunch of good receivers. I don't think there's any great ones. And the simple fact is that you have a chance to get the best one in the class at number 19 in Calvin Ridley, who is considered the best one. It, you, no, you're right in the sense that there's not a lot of talent at the top. But I think after that, yeah, it, after that, there is a lot of there's as players. many
3: as 12 guys who could come right in and do something for you right away, which to me. Really? Maybe, yeah, that's a lot. That's. I'm not and I, I'm not going to be surprised if they wait until the 3rd round to draft a wide receiver if the board falls that way. And you think they could help this year? I guess is the Again, yeah. that's that's the question. Help? Yes, not step in and be Dez Bryant from day 1, but I I think they've, you know, I think they've taken steps to they don't need that.
2: Remember Dez was the third receiver on that team.
3: That's I mean,
2: it's easy to forget. Des Bryant
3: did not have this crazy impact in his rookie year. Miles and uh, Roy Williams were the starters. And I remember, yeah. I think it was... This is me. Oh, you're
1: talking about his rookie year?
3: Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about last year.
1: No, he was That's the This last year. Weird, like, huh? <laughs> this, <laughs>
3: is okay. me, this is me from the outside. I didn't cover the Cowboys at the time, but I remember as a younger Saints fan in 2012, he abused Patrick Robinson and had like almost a 200-yard day. But if I remember correctly the first half of his 2012 season was pretty bad and he caught fire toward, you know, in the second half or like, and then he was just, he got it, I guess. And he was just reeling off hundred yard game after hundred yard game. Uh, Point being, it took Des Bryant longer to get acclimated to the NFL than people remember. That's kind of my point. Uh, Still working on it. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's, but I mean, he didn't have a thousand yards right out of the gate is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, I think there's guys that can contribute right away. I don't think Calvin Ridley maybe, but I don't think there's a lot of guys who could step right in and have a really impactful season right away. But
1: I don't think that's what this team needs. So okay. it doesn't bother me. Let's talk about the linebacker position uh, yesterday. Steven said that uh, his expectations are that Jalen's going to make a, take a huge step this year. Um, and he, he even mentioned uh, that they're really looking for depth in this draft. It made me think, Uh, or it it sounded to me like he was suggesting that Jalen Smith uh, would be the starter this year along with uh, Sean Lee. Um, Are you guys comfortable with the idea that we haven't seen it yet because he still has been recovering? He played a lot last year. Um, I think toward the end of the year, I think he was much better than earlier in the season, but are you comfortable with the idea of the Cowboys going into this season thinking of Jalen Smith as their number two linebacker?
2: I'm comfortable with that, but I I don't know if that necessarily means... Not do anything Brand, high right. in the draft. I mean, yeah, I I think you expect that, but you also have to expect Sean Lee to be hurt. I mean, that's what you have to, ex- make, you know, or at least expect him to not be there full sixteen games. And and then after that, I mean, just like receiver, you got to think about what what the position looks like next year. So I really see them drafting a linebacker pretty high in this. I know they they got Joe Thomas uh, for depth purposes. They still have Damian Wilson, but I mean, you know. They haven't really replaced. I mean, Hitchens had a role last year, and they haven't replaced that yet. So I think that this, you know, it's a position that, of need. And the most important
1: role I think that Hitchens had was in the event Sean Lee goes down, he steps in. That's yeah, the part that they're missing right yeah. now. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you need three to play two.
3: That's, I mean, Sean Lee has a lengthy injury history. He's going to turn 32 while we're at training camp. Jalen, I'm rooting like yeah, hell for the kid. Really? Yeah. We having a party? We can for what oh, yeah, for sean for sean oh i'm sure at he's training. the one throwing it um it's gonna be wild watching tape on his ipad counts as a party <laughs> sure um i like that kind of party i i mean you need you need a guy and what jalen jalen was at his best last year when he was playing like 50 of the snaps or less like when they threw him into the deep end he wasn't quite ready for it and i hope like hell he takes that step forward that steven suggested he would that's great can't count on that hoping is a bad strategy. Um, they need a guy they need a guy who can preferably play middle and weak side at a high level like they got it they need him that's why i keep i don't i would prefer not to draft a linebacker at 19 but i just can't talk myself out of out of it i just
2: think they need it too much so the two positions they need to me the most receiver and linebacker that you talked about are exactly the same in that that there's nobody there no, no, no! I take that back. It's not. It's safety and linebacker that's exactly the same. They're just two two really good studs that aren't going to make it to nineteen. And then after that, it's just an incredible drop off. Safety and and linebacker, and that's one of them where you would like to get one of those up there, but it's not going to work for you. And then you have to so- somewhat reach at linebacker, maybe Evans. Or that's I. I don't think I don't think the drop off at
3: safe or at linebackers is steep because I think Rashawn Evans and Leighton Vanderash That's yeah. you get into this. Happens every year. Like, you get into this think tank where, like, you know, Leighton Vander and Rashawn Evans aren't as good as Roquan Smith, and that means they're bad players, and that's just not true. Um, maybe it's a little bit of a reach, but I still – like, nobody's going to bat an eye if either one of those guys is drafted in the first round. So I don't think it's a crazy reach in that regard, but they
2: are not as good as Roquan Smith. I just want you to do more than one year in college. That's fair. Van Der Esch. Just – Especially at Boise, I mean, you can't do a lot more your freshman and sophomore year, and then I mean, late bloomer, I guess. And he he's big, big guy, six four, right? I mean, oh, I mean, I'm there you can talk
3: all day about their ups and downs and their warts and their bright spots. I'm like, I get it,
1: but let me ask you this question. I heard this the other day. I was listening to a program and I heard someone who was a draft expert as as their. Plenty that seems to be out there now, and uh, his critique of Andresh was that he's a guy that needs to play more physical. Have you seen that? Is that something that that you hear? Because hearing that from a linebacker reminds me of, of what was said about Bobby Carpenter coming out. Was he wasn't he wasn't the most physical guy? And and I'm like, if you're playing linebacker and you're not physical, that's yeah, it's kind of part of the Your job. Name is Barbie. But but again, I, I don't watch Van Der Esch, so I wanted to hear from you. I think you that studied it. that goes back into the
3: groupthink trap where you're like like you know Brian Broaddus goes on the draft show and says I want him to be more consistently physical I want him to fight through the trash and get off the blocks the game where he looked the best was Oregon where nobody could get a second level block on him but when they do he doesn't fight off of it that well people hear that and they say well he's not physical he's like he can't tackle blah 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 and it's a valid criticism but it snowballs into like All of a sudden, a guy who's 6'4", 250 isn't physical? I don't think I believe that. Um, But, again, to Nick's point, he's a one-year starter. He's got a lot of developing to do and consistency to uh, to get. Um, Whereas, and then you turn it around on Rashawn Evans, the guy from Alabama, which is, I don't feel great about him in coverage. I don't know. How you know, I don't know that I trust his instincts 100%, but like when he gets to the ball carrier, no, there's no question about his physicality, like he brings the pain. So, again, I think valid critiques that snowball
1: into lazy talking points. Okay, do you think that the Cowboys need to use one of their top three picks? I'm gonna start with you, Amber, one of their top three picks on a linebacker, um, this year. Um, And then I want you all kind of, if you have some names of some guys that you think that might fall into that category, we mentioned Van Der Esch, but any other names that we think fall into that category, I'd love to hear them. Amber?
4: I mean, you have to. I don't know how you go about it without doing so. And when you guys were talking about Jalen Smith, watching him, I'm rooting for him. I believe in him. He's a great player, great guy. But at the same time, there were a lot of uh, occasions where I was watching play and it looked like... He would rush things like his instinct. He has the instincts, but they're not at the right place yet. He has a lot of learning to do. And I watch him and compare him to Sean Lee. Very similar player in the way they play, but he's still way far away from being that guy. Now, Shan Lee. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear Oh, it just stopped. Uh, now, Sean Lee. You guys talked about him, great player, and you can't really rely on him and playing him. I don't really like hearing what Stephen Jones said about having Jalen Smith and kind of fully trusting him. You still need to bring a guy and rotate him. And like Dave said, 50% of the times that he was on there, that's when he was at his best. I don't think he's quite there yet. And the most popular guy is the one you guys were just talking about, Vandrish. He's the one that people keep talking about and expect him to come in for the Cowboys. He's the most popular name. And again, I have my different opinions. I would like a trade, go up, try to get Derwin James. I don't think that's going to happen. That's dreaming. I think
1: we're all in that boat.
3: boat (laughs) Yeah.
4: It's not dreaming.
1: It's unlikely, but
3: you're not dreaming.
4: But
1: but there's a there's a scenario that actually makes sense that they may be in position to trade up to get in in scenario. But you 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 know
4: what bothers me is like I mean some of the things I don't really hear much about that about the need of uh, safety. I'm not. I mean I know I'm worried about it, but I don't hear it around. You know what everyone's talking about. People talk about linebacker, wide receiver. What about safety? Like hello guys Um, i mean this is a big need i don't understand why people are not talking about this
2: maybe there's more to it i think they're talking about it i know i'm talking about it i've been talking about it for months i have two
1: off the record
2: (laughs) okay Let's just, since the elephant is, like, sitting right here, let's just talk about it, like, because I think that affects everything that you do. You're talking about trading up, a a trade-up scenario. Can I
1: get you to hold for just a minute? Yes. Hold on that thought. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, Nick's going to give us this profound wisdom that he has on the safety (laughs) position. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
4: It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
0: What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan; you are a member of Cowboys Nation and. So so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a
1: Dr. Pepper. I got some soda.
3: I asked not for soda.
0: I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one of a kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so
1: stop settling for soda and
0: start demanding Dr. Pepper.
1: I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you
0: crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details families and fans of all ages are invited to step into the nfl draft experience presented by oiko's triple zero this free football celebration features player appearances photo opportunities with the lombardi trophy and more all taking place at at&t stadium in arlington texas april 26 through 28 plus more fans than ever before will get the chance to be inside the theater to see selections made live register now at nfl.com slash packs and check in at nfl draft experience to be part of the
1: action Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking draft. We're talking about the pre-draft press conference that, that Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Jason Garrett held yesterday. Um, Nick, you were about to talk to us a little bit about the safety position. There was some uh, thought you had there that I don't think has been expressed. Uh, yeah. So let's let's part, get to it.
2: This is like ranked second into the I want a speed receiver. I think I've been beaten. Yeah, right. Um, I do think that they need to... Make a trade, and they need to try to get a veteran safety in here. And I, I mean, we all know who he is. He's sitting out there in Seattle. And if they can, if they pull that off, you know, it, it would count about eight and a half million on the cap. That's pretty close to what probably got to resign him though. I mean, you have to resign I him. think that's part of his he, problem in Seattle is that yes, he wants that's part a new the, deal, and this that's that's is the last of, of his deal. Right? But to make it work right now, yeah, it works because of what you just did with Des Bryant. So yeah, it, technically it works. But you're not going to make that trade if you don't feel like you can sign him long term. Then again, he's not sprinting after a four-quarter game to your head coach to say "come get me" and not looking to play a little bit long-term. I think sure. so. Um, I think it's got to be it's got to be in the plans though. Tomorrow, I mean, I, I because if you want to know what you got to do there, let's say you don't have a second-round pick, that might affect if You want to trade back a little bit. That would be my dream scenario right there. Make the trade, lose your second-round pick move back in the first round if you possibly could. I know it's easier said than done. From 19 late or mid 20s, late 20s and then take the receiver that you really want. You really want DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton, Sutton and I think they sit better at 26, 27, 28 something like that. That would be ideal. I mean if we're just talking dream scenarios. Yeah. Draft dreams. That would I mean, be
1: that would be pretty great. It just seems to me like they could this could happen and I'm actually
2: expecting if
1: it does happen, it would happen friday because i think those kind of things typically happen when when you're kind of faced with it and i think in the break dave you made the point uh, and i'll let you make the point for yourself but just kind of thinking of, of of when it would be advantageous because seattle would have all the information that they'd want to know maybe that is friday i mean i think i read a stat
3: that the seahawks haven't picked in their original slot in the first round since 2011 oh wow they're movers and shakers um i don't know why they would agree to do that tomorrow until, because again, the the thing that the thing that even makes me think this is possible is that Seattle doesn't have a second or a third round pick, and we know how much they value drafting. We know they need to make their roster younger, and they've gotten they lost a lot of players. A yeah, a ton. But if they can trade back from 18 tomorrow night and get a second or you know get the picks they want that way, then all of a sudden the leverage is gone, and so I don't know why they would agree to that tomorrow. I think it would have to be a Friday thing. I you know there was a moment this week and hey i mean he never he never said the name not no tampering blah 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 but steven jones answered a question in the press conference yesterday about trading for a veteran who wants a contract extension and how you make that stuff work what Uh, was his response he i mean he's like you know you gotta that's the gamble you gotta the gamble you gotta make you gotta you know you gotta work with their people you gotta try to get something done you gotta you know either do that or or try to play hardball and and hope that they'll play under their current terms of their deal while you figure something out. It's happening. (laughs) It
4: better happen. I don't care when it happens. It better happen.
1: Don't don't jinx it. Y'all are killing
3: me. Stop
4: jinxing it. Derek, listen. The Cowboys, there is no way they're feeling okay with what they have right now. That's I kind of agree point. with that. No I'm definitely. They great but, but also, I think they could well, be going into
1: this draft though thinking we don't feel comfortable. We got to do something in the draft. I don't know that it necessarily means. They're I will. Do a deal. I, I mean, you could. And it has to be two parties that want to do the deal. Like this is. We always get you know the fan emails that that comes in that says, "Hey, go out and trade Terrence Williams for Earl Thomas." Like it, it has to okay. be both sides. of here's that here's do here's the
3: thing. Right? And the difference is uh, Nick loves to point this out. Earl Thomas put this in the sto- in the news yeah. cycle himself. Yes, yes he, he did. ran across the field and flagged down Jason Garrett and said, Adjusted "Come get the
1: field. me." He went in what? the locker room. <laughs>
3: that, I mean, you know, ultimately, you know that doesn't Sue matter. Was like, whoa, whoa he
1: was in wrong? there taking off his shoulder pads. Like, what's up, homie? I mean, like,
3: you know that doesn't matter, right? I, I
1: like the act. <laughs>
3: uh, Earl Thomas doesn't sound anything like that. He's got oh, this yeah. like deep East Texas voice, like Ugh, like it's <laughs> it's b- very different. startlingly deep. Yeah. Um. Point being, a million, a million trades get talked about in the NFL, like all the time. Like I have heard after the fact about conversations that were had in this building for trades where it fell apart for some reason. It never got off the gr- the, the ground floor, you know, I mean, because so much goes into that. And this is obviously something that has been talked about. It's been kicked around here. It's been kicked around in Seattle. But I would argue 98 percent of player trades fall apart. I would, I guarantee you that that happens. And so I look at it I'll I'm mean, sorry, Nick. No, I'll, no, no, you're good. I look at it and I think, I think you're right. I don't think they feel a hundred percent comfortable, but I think the flip side of that is like, okay, we do all this. We take on all this money for the 30 year old guy, or we hope like Jalen Smith, we hope that Xavier Woods can take that step and be our free safety. And five different times in the last month when Stephen Jones has been asked about this, he has said the name Xavier Woods. I thought it was really funny. Actually, Kayvon Frazier quote tweeted a tweet from Steven Jones about this last night that mentioned Xavier Woods and not him. And he was like shaking my head. Like what the hell man? Um, (laughs) My boss doesn't even know. Exactly. No, exactly. Um, So I think the flip, the flip side of that is they say, all right, we can spend all these resources on this all pro guy, or we hope that our young guy that we thought the world of last year can take the next step. And we draft somebody behind him. And they brought in two or three safeties who fit that day two, day three mold. Uh, and that's how you do it on the young and cheap. And I know that doesn't excite people. And I'm not saying it's going to work, but I won't be surprised if that is what they do because that's way
1: easier to do.
4: And, and to that's out. Their, are that's you been wanting to MO. win games or not?
1: Wow, wow. I mean, this is, this I, I is mean, I honestly, I honestly believe that they need more help. But I, I agree with Dave that the mo has been that when they get on a particular position, they're, they're willing to go young and say we're going to ride it through with these young guys. And see if we can draft a guy that we think. And Stephen talked about it yesterday. There's a the the thing about the young guys is if you draft them early and you get them playing early, you have a better chance. If they can play, you have Jay. a better chance of signing them to longer-term deals than playing in that free agency Jay, but
2: market. They didn't do that. They didn't. They drafted early and they're moving. The the ones that they didn't draft early, Kayvon Frazier and Xavier Woods, they're hoping they can do something with. But I mean, no, and I wasn't David drafting was early
1: in the draft. I mean, just drafting them as they're you know, okay. drafting them, bringing them in, and and letting them play early, not necessarily yes. drafting them. Early.
2: I, I think that the reason why I think this is going to happen, I agree. There's a lot of trades that ever get talked about, but this there's got so many elements to this number one there is a need there's a need at safety they, there's so much of a need that they moved byron jones already i mean that they're, they're moving him to get a better position so now they've created even a bigger need when you get a new coach in here that you like and, and you want to build some things around him and give him some uh, an idea i mean because i think chris richard is a the guy they really like maybe even long term as a coordinator you want to give him some some you know things to work with from what i hear he's pretty much on the table for, for this. So that he's, you got a guy that's lobbying for him that if you want this system to work. You hired me. Here's a guy that we know can, can make, you know, a, into a really good player. Um, then also Seattle needing those picks. I, I just, you know, they're sitting there. It works for them. The fact that he ran over the field and said that he wants to be here. There's just a lot of factors here that make this thing work and the money now works. So there's just a lot of things that just keeps pointing to this. The smoke, there's fire. It's a lot of smoke. I think there's gonna be some fire.
3: I there's and I won't be surprised. But like I said, there's 20 components or more to a, tr- a player trade that have to go right. All 20 of them have to go right. Only one has to go wrong for it to not happen. And so,
2: like San Diego and- saying, "I'll I'll give you the 46th pick in the draft," and you're like. yeah or
3: you know uh new england's like we need we need our we need our we need our nate Solder. we need our right tackle of the future we're coming up to 18 we'll give you our two or whatever actually i don't think new england no new england has an extra two
2: i don't think that changes as much as you you might think like if seattle trades back and gets another pick or two i still i don't think that affects that much yeah that they're getting more picks that takes off one of those aspects, but they still don't want him in that price tag, and they think they're gonna they could get something for him.
3: Maybe, it, but I mean, it's I mean, will take two picks. Take on one one year at eight point five, and then you get a comp pick what, when he leaves in free agency. What would you trade?
1: I I trade a two and probably as much as maybe a five, two and a five. Maybe. What would you do? Maybe that much.
3: Either my two or my three. We'd do more than one pick? No, if if they were like two and a four or two and a five, if that, I mean, if it's going to get it done, I'd probably do it. But, but I, I'll just say this: like, is? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Amy. No,
4: I was about to change the subject. Sorry. Okay. Go you got us you on mean. this
1: in the
3: well, first grade. It, it
4: was I, regarding. I'm it, trading I mean, two
1: twos. I mean, but what? But from what you're saying, Nick, I mean, I, I actually would be kind of shocked if this happens, and I I think it just comes like, back to this has not been well, me too what the I'm what sorry. the Cowboys have done the last several years. Like they don't go out in free agency and. And, or, and, and and I guess even from a trade standpoint, they don't go out and get high-priced guys. And I just – so so that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just means I would be
2: kind of shocked if okay. they did it. Is this a Jerry-type move, though? Jerry does that these kind of things. Steven really doesn't. But also, but, could the seat be any hotter for Jason Garrett? I mean, it, it, it is sure. what it is. It could be. Yeah. Going into a season okay. though, All right, if go. they go—is this the hottest seat he's been on since if, he's been here? If they go ten and six, win the East, lose the first round, is he the coach next year? I don't know. I don't know. They didn't win a playoff game. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. see that. That tells me that is an extremely hot seat. If you're, if you could go to the playoffs and not win a playoff game, and you're going to get fired, that's a hot seat. So my point is, is that getting a guy. That can help me right now. It's the best second round pick you're ever gonna draft. You know what, a five time yeah. Pro Bowler. What
4: worries me a little bit, there was a quote, I believe it was Jerry who said it. He kinda talked about when you get rookies in here and how they can be a quick impact. And do you remember that? Listening to it? Something like that. That you can trust some of these guys because they've seen it. Some rookie guys come in and impact and make an yeah. impact in the game. Now, that worries me when I hear something like that, because that's not always the case. You're taking a risk. And when you talk about the group of safeties, the guys that you have right now, yeah, some veteran guys, but you don't have anyone that scares teams. You don't have anyone that is like, oh, my God, we're playing against this guy. So you put in a rookie and you're expecting him to make be a game changer and make a difference. That's not very realistic. So... They need a veteran guy that comes in the game and other teams are worrying about him. A rookie's not gonna do that. Probably
1: not unless, of course, you get somebody like Derwin James. Now, if you can move up and get a Derwin James, then maybe you do create that kind of that then, kind of play,
4: uh, we're right? talking about something there. Right. But- I rather,
2: honestly I would rather take Earl Thomas. Really? Yeah, because I because I I still get another player, and I bet Jason Garrett would rather do that because he gets two players as opposed to one. You lose your second round pick by going up six spots or whatever to. But don't you lose the,
1: your second round pick if you're going to try to get Earl Thomas?
2: He's saying, yeah, but you get a 19th overall pick as well. Yeah, you have to trade oh, the second, the you. first to move up to get James, who you think is going to be good, as opposed to. But you're not really giving 19. up a
1: first because you're going
2: up. You're getting a first, like right? right? Two players versus one. I get Earl Thomas trade for Derwin
3: gets you one players with your nineteenth one player with your nineteenth and fiftieth.
1: Oh, you're saying because you're counting Earl Thomas as a. Well, I mean, is he going to coach or is he going to play? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not certain about that. But I guess, and I asked you that question earlier this week. I I do think there is an argument that can be made. Do you want the guy that's approaching thirty? Right. Or do you want a guy that you think could be just as good at the beginning of his career where the money is is, is, is feasible. Like there's a lot of stuff about a young guy.
3: Approaching thirty with both of his last two seasons significantly affected by injury. Right. So for a lot of money.
1: And, and and if you really think Derwin James is a legit player, like you think he's gonna be really great, I know it's still a risk. But I don't know that I fall, and I'm am an old Thomas Thomas fan. I don't know if I fall in the category of saying if I have my choice between the two, if they cost me the same amount, like if I got to give up my second for both, I kind of think I want the young guy. Yeah. But I don't know. But I mean, how much count-
4: voice does Jason Garrett have in this selection?
1: He'll, I mean, he has- He's the head coach. I think he has. I think he has a voice. And to be honest with you, I think when it comes down to it. That's one of the areas where I, I actually do believe Jerry when he says that they make group decisions. I really believe Jason has a voice. I think Will has a voice. You I can think watch. Steven it. has a voice, and I think Jerry has a voice. And I think at the end of the day, Jerry's the one who has to make the final decision. But I don't think Jerry makes decisions on an island. I think he makes decisions based upon the consensus.
3: The cool thing about the draft is you can see that play out in the war room. Like, it's not like, I mean, they're all together. You can yeah. see them all together. And having it conversations. Out. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I I hate what we f- talking about here.
3: What? Yeah, he didn't say heck, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that was funny. That was I
3: really uh funny. I I mean, I'll I'm I'll be the buzzkill I always am, but I don't think either one of those two guys is on this team on Saturday afternoon. Earl I kind of Earl of or Derwin. Just maybe. I think it's because you're you're well, pessimistic is, and I tend to be a, a linebacker a receiver and the best valued guy they get somewhere else or maybe they trade for one and that's just the two. Think- uh, let's move on. Yeah, sorry.
2: Let's move on. I do they, want if they don't draft I mean, if they, if they don't trade for Earl Thomas, I do think they'll be sitting there with the third, fourth round picks, and they'll be they'll be looking to do that with somebody. I think that they do make a trade this year for a veteran player. And it may not be Earl Thomas. It'll be somebody. It might be a linebacker that you don't get. You know, it'll be – I just think that that's a that's route a new, that we're going to – Yeah, I think it's a route we're, we'll see them take this year, and I think they can probably thank the Eagles for that. You got the picks to do it. Yeah, you have the picks to do it, right. All
1: right, let's take our final break, uh, and when we come back, I want to talk about the offensive line. Uh, there was some conversation yesterday on the offensive line and the players involved there, and then we're going to talk about how that could affect their draft strategy. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away.
2: Well, I have a question for Dave or really anybody. When you're heading into a draft weekend, what's the one thing you really want a lot of? Underwear? Hicks? Hicks. Oh. You do want a lot of. You do want a lot of underwear, I would think, at least one for every person in the room. But also, you want a lot of picks. Picks. Draft picks. Picks. Now, what you don't want when you're dealing with underwear is a lot of picks. That's one different That was good. I wish I had played along with that better. That's okay. I didn't get where you were going. That's okay, though. So, the reason you can... Here's one way you can avoid that Tommy John. I mean, as simple as that. Tommy John, you don't have... No picks! You don't want picking anything front, back, side,
1: whatever. That may be the only time in football you don't want picks. Well,
3: nope. it, you know you when your when your quarterback you're is dropping at your back quarterback, to pass, you, really you don't, don't want, want picks. picks there. Point.
2: So, point. anyways, Tommy John will prevent picks. Um, TommyJohn.com/slash actually it's cowboy slash Tommy John. You get twenty percent off your your first order, your second order, your third order plus. You can also personalize them and get some Dallas Cowboy logo on there. I still think that's cool. Personalize? Like, can I get my name on You probably could. Really? Definitely could because you're so
1: bougie.
2: Yeah, do that. Bougie? Yeah. That's not a word that's ever been
1: used with me.
3: man. Uh, I've been to dinner with you. Are you serious? That doesn't have anything to do with bougie.
1: No, I've never had that. Now, you could say my wife is bougie, but I'm not bougie.
3: You're okay. bad and bougie. You're kind of nah. bougie. You're <laughs> I'm not bougie. Yeah, okay. you are. <laughs> Nobody likes to be called bougie. Dude, seriously.
1: But... I'm, there's nothing about me that's bougie. Mm-hmm. I'm the most down-to-earth person you'll ever meet. You are down-to-earth,
2: but your taste is bougie. <laughs> like that's just a fact. comes to ordering at a restaurant. Yeah,
1: I want my stuff the way I want it.
2: I'm I know. For it. I know, and it's just gonna take forever. I mean, you know, you want to go after it, like you go first because I got another fourteen minutes before she's gonna ask. Me. I just like it the way I like it. My boss is bad and bougie. Is there a re- is there a way that you can put this on the side? Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyways, Tommy John. Don't, yeah, no wedgies. We digress. All right, let
1: me uh, let me throw out one other thing for those of you out there who are draft nuts and like to be able to follow the draft and be able to know what's being discussed and the players that are out there. You got to get this magazine, Star Magazine. Um, it is the uh, the official magazine of the Dallas Cowboys, um, and there is a uh, this edition they put together every year. The whole crew is a part of writing it. Uh, Brian Broaddus has a lot of stuff in here. We broke down—I don't know how many players it were in—broken down,
2: maybe about three hundred players broken down, but this list's about five hundred.
1: Yeah, it's it's an amazing, amazing uh, program that you can use for the draft. I use it every year as I'm watching the draft to be able to jump to—you know—a player gets drafted. I don't know. I jump in here. I find that guy. I can get a, a pretty clear understanding of what Brian and and you guys thought of the player and. And uh, and so I think it's a really, really great thing. If you want to check it out, check out DallasCowboys.com forward slash star. Um, again, that's DallasCowboys.com forward slash star. And you can uh you can get your own copy and be ready for I'm drafting. Not,
2: I'm not just saying this because we we you know, we I kind of helped contribute a little bit. But uh, this is the first year that I haven't purchased another magazine. I always will do that. I'll be at the store, I'll see some some other magazine and take one. But this is the first year I haven't even consider doing that because this is uh, this one to me is just as good if not better than, yeah. than the others plus you you know you have some stuff that dane brugler does and, and we, we've looked at his draft guide but i think between the two i mean the, the, we know i i just don't know if people are is can watch as much tape as what's brian no it, doubt
1: what, starts back in december yeah and, and it keeps going and th- the other thing about this there is an online version so if you're thinking i can't get my copy before a draft starts, Go to dallascowboys.com forward slash star. You can see that there is an electronic version that you can uh, then pull up on your device um, and be able to flip through and be able to get all the same information uh, just without the actual hard copy. I
2: wish they were selling them at the stadium when you go out there. I wish they were. Oh, maybe they are. Okay. Oh, hey. (laughs) What?
1: Enjoy the experience at the stadium, folks. Check oh, out. Jeez, uh,
4: I didn't know it was that serious.
1: Just saying, just check out the experience <laughs> at the stadium. You never know what you'll happen across. All right, cool. Um, let's get into. Uh, let's get back into this conversation around uh, the offensive line. Um, yesterday, uh, in the press conference, um, I think it was. I want to say it was Steven that was talking about the offensive line. He said uh, they have tremendous tremendous flexibility to look at both guards and tackles. You say that was pretty. Good question. Something you yeah, got. Yeah, it was a question that came from our own David Hellman. True. Go. Uh, yeah. Really good question, I thought. Uh, Steven had a look on his face where he's a little bit, I don't know if it was that he didn't like you or a little perplexed by the yeah. question, but he answered it. So that's Sometimes all that matters, I think, right?
3: I feel like Steven and Jerry are don't really like, like, you. They're like, who's this guy? Why? He... No, they know who you are. No, and they're like, he... <laughs> they know who you no, are. No, no, I mean it in the sense of like, this guy works for us.
1: Like, <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. They just like, that's our guy. That's, that's our
3: but, guy with but, that question. But like not. Like your tone was admir admiring, <laughs> you know. Like, their tone is like, it's like
1: that's our guy. That's our guy. <laughs> <Is> that <sighs> question, yeah. more than a statement. Is, yeah, that's our guy. Yeah. Anyway, good question, Dave. Um, and I the the thing that stood out to me about the about the answer was that it sounds like they're comfortable with Fleming, who they got in free agency coming in and starting at either right tackle or being their swing tackle, and they're also comfortable with Lyle either being at right tackle or at left guard. Um, So my question for you guys is, what do you think is the best scenario? You're entering the draft. Do you think the Cowboys should be going in thinking, hey, let's get a guard so that we can keep Lyle where he is and we can have Fleming be our swing? And you've then upgraded your offensive line from where you were last year. Do you think they have to go in thinking, hey, we need to get a tackle. We can move Lyle inside because there are better tackles in the draft where we're going to be picking. And we'll still have that person can either, either battle with Fleming for the starting job or be the swing tackle. What do you think is the best case scenario for the Cowboys on offensive line?
3: I think what the best case scenario is if they get their hands on a guard who can compete for the starting job and leave Lyle Collins where he is, and then Cameron Fleming becomes maybe the best swing tackle in football right now. I mean, like you've got three really good tackles, two of whom can start on either side. Hell, Lyle might even be able to start on either side. I don't know. But you've got three great tackles, and then you've got a really talented rookie who could push Marcus Martin for the starting job or maybe even just start. And, I
1: mean, man, that sounds nice. Let me interrupt and ask you this question. Is that more about the fact that you want to keep Lyle Collins where he is? Because I know, and I've heard you say before, you really want to keep him out at right tackle. Is this more about a decision of keeping him where he is, or is it just because you think that overall that's the best scenario?
3: I think it's overall the best scenario because your lack of tackle depth killed you last year. It absolutely – I think it's as big – Almost killed your quarterback. It's as big it, – it, it is so tied into everything because your line fell apart, your quarterback got murdered. I think he lost his confidence during that stretch of time where Tyron Smith couldn't play. I think more so than – I think that's why he looked worse than normal in November and December of last year. I um, I think I just I think the world of the job that Lyle Collins did at right tackle last year. And I think it would be a shame to dismantle that – Tackle depth if you don't have to. But having said that, that's what I said. I think they should do. What I think will happen is I think they're gonna draft a tackle uh to either start or be the swing tackle and move Lyle to guard. Because I think the way this draft shakes out, that's more plausible. Because unless you draft a guard at 19, which they could do, they brought in one. I mean, there's a couple guys there that make sense, but unless you do that then I don't know where you find a guard that's definitely going to be good enough to do what you want. Whereas you can find a few tackles who fit that criteria. And I just, I think it's easier to find a good tackle in this draft and move Lyle than it is to find a good guard.
4: I would be focused on guard. And when you have a guy that is that has done a good job at a certain position, you would want to keep him there, especially if that guy comes out and says, that's where my focus is at, that's where my mentality is at. He's training right now to be a tackle, to stay at tackle. So you don't want to mess with the guys that, that is feeling confident and comfortable at a position that he has shown success. 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 Yes. Um, So, yeah, I would if I'm the Cowboys, I would go in with my focus being guard. Now, worst case scenario, if you need to make a move, then you need to. And there's no way around it. And yeah, you have that security blanket with Lael that you can move him. But uh, as of right now, I wouldn't be focused on that.
1: So so are you guys at all surprised hearing what, what Amber said? Are you guys at all surprised that they didn't make more of an effort? Um, to possibly re-sign Jonathan Cooper. Because if you thought, now again, I think that I'm basing this on the fact that I think in this room we all thought thought Jonathan Cooper played well last season. Not great, but played well. If you had Jonathan Cooper on this team right now, now you really have flexibility because right now you're looking at it, you feel like starting day, you've got your starting five, you've got a good swing tackle, you feel really good about where you are from the offensive offensive line standpoint. And if you happen to run across a guard in the draft that you really love, there's no reason why Jonathan Cooper couldn't be kind of, you You kind of kind of keep him. Maybe you don't keep him, but it's not like he signed this big deal with San Francisco, right?
3: I don't feel any differently. I've never watched Marcus Martin play. It's not my job. Brian does that. But based on what they gave him and where he comes from, I think he's just as good, if not better, than Cooper. But... The fact that it's not set, I mean, they love to create competition, and they love the best five idea.
1: Do you think Marcus Martin Martin is a starter caliber guard? I think he could start on this
3: line, sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not watching his tape, but just based on how much they paid him to get here and his prior history, I mean, he could be the weak link on this line just as easily as Jonathan Cooper could be. But I think that's the difference is. Yeah, but the weak
2: link means you're not in the Pro Bowl.
3: Right, no, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> that's well, okay, right? But they're they're in the whole line. I don't think therein lies therein lies your argument, though. Like, do you want to have a weak, weak link at guard or move a potential would have been top ten pick over there and have an experienced veteran or a potential high draft pick battling out at right tackle? I mean, if you subscribe to that best five idea. Then you could conceivably have bad asses at every position rather than just okay. allowing for a weak link at left guard.
2: They've they've done a nice job of of kind of just protecting themselves at this position for nothing to happen or a lot of things to happen. If they get wiped out with the guys they want and they're sitting at 19, no trade back scenarios. You have to make a pick here, and the best guy available is Mike McGlinchey. Then you draft him, and then you take him at right, use play him at right tackle, and and Lyle's probably going to be playing guard for you. Or if the best one available is a guard, let's say it's uh, James, Daniels. James Daniels or maybe Will Hernandez. I mean, this 37 bench press for Will Hernandez is pretty strong for me because, I mean, that's what they need. They need a guy that can push the pile, and I think that he could come right in and, and help you. If that happens, and then obviously Lyle's playing the right tackle. So – and then Martin and and uh, Fleming are also just going to kind of factor in if nothing it's, happens here. It's all it's a good scenario, I think, for O line.
3: It's all nebulous and literal. I mean, that I asked that question because I wanted him to say that and basically confirm that what they do with their offensive line is going to depend on what they come out of this draft with. That's so and he he's said he's they said. have the
1: flexibility to pretty much yeah. do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Exactly. So or do nothing, I guess. Uh, I mean, from what you're talk, talking about, Martin, they mm-hmm. did nothing. They probably still do. feel okay about where they are. Well. I don't think they're going to do, but but it's third, just a matter I'm, I'm of saying do something that affect that that will have an impact this year.
3: If if what happens is, you know, and there's there's some mid round guys. There's a kid from Washington State who's like a mid round guy that they brought in on a visit. If they draft him and let him and Marcus Martin fight it out for guard and leave Lyle where he is, I'm fine with that. And yeah, like you could have a better left guard, but on a line full of pro bowlers,
1: I, you should be able to survive that in my opinion what you can't survive is what you dealt with last year at your swing tackle which is right. why that why they, it seems like they've solved that problem yeah, at least well, well what the, for it, the time being the the problem does become if you move Lyle down to guard now you've created that position you created that situation where you now have to have somebody that can play swing tackle if Tyron goes down if you or do you move a second guy from their position where they are now just to be the tackle you put on the left side you, you could tra- dra- you could draft a tackle and make him play
3: guard they did it with jazz. You could do it again. You could draft. See that didn't. I I that's. I just want every. Just don't mess with a good thing. You,
1: <laughs> I agree with I that. Am. I actually agree with that. Don't mess with. it. I'm hopeful guy. that they find the right answer at guards. So Lyle stays at tackle. Moving so a guy becomes your best option as a swing tackle. I move, love
2: that scenario. They they signed Fleming to be a fl- uh, a swing tackle. They did. I mean, his contract says that he's not going to be making a lot of money unless he starts so many games. And then if that happens, then which is fine. That's what it should be.
3: Right. You so. moved Byron Jones because you're not sure what he can be better at. Lyle Collins was pretty damn good at a more important position. Yeah, in my opinion. Agreed.
1: All right. Let's uh, real quickly. I did want to talk a little bit about the tight end position. Uh, Something that Steven said was uh, he thinks some guys are being overlooked at this position. He mentioned Jarwin. He mentioned Swain. Later, he mentioned Rico. Uh, And then we find out last week, I think it was, uh, that James Hanna has decided to retire. So that's one less guy as far as your depth is concerned at tight end. Are there concerns that you guys have right now about the tight end position? And I want to take it from two different standpoints, from the short term, which is this season, and also from the long term, knowing that Jason Witten's not getting any younger. And there doesn't appear to be, at least from the standpoint of the amount of time that they've played, a clear replacement for him yeah. that's on the roster.
2: Yeah, I think there, it should be a position that they address in, in this draft and, and maybe more of a pass catcher type Um just because I, I think that they need that that position. I mean, they need to get somebody that can kind of get open a little bit. Swaim and Jarwin and even Hannah and those guys, I mean, they didn't really. I mean, Witten is still somewhat getting open. Um, He's making some good plays. He's not getting open as much as he, as he did. They need a little bit more athleticism at that position, um, in my opinion. And a guy that's played a lot of football in his career as well. I don't care about tight end I, I <laughs> at all.
3: I mean, in the short term or the long term, until eighty-two decides that he's okay. Well, let me ask you this question: career.
1: Do you think? And I know everybody. Uh, it seems like, at least from the standpoint of the way the coach talks about it, um, it it seems as though there is this uh, there's this thought that well, Witten just won't come off the field. Do you think that this is a situation where I don't want to say to give you won't, but doesn't? I mean either. The the way that it appears,
3: Remember the Ricky way that it appears. Waters
2: famous quote, Ricky Waters. For who? For what? Well, but that's my question.
1: Who's he coming but, off for? That's my question. Should they be looking to try to get if they if they really like Jarwin, if they really like Rico? At some point, are they going to have to say, Jason? You're going to have to start splitting up some of those reps because we need to get these younger guys on the field to see if they can play. Right.
2: Well, they I mean, do you think that they maybe, should do that? Maybe somebody should be drafted that can take him off the. And bench, maybe somebody's so drafted, I but but Jarwin. they've they've oh, tried
1: that before and that hasn't
3: worked. Yeah, they right? drafted a kid in the top fifty not that long ago, and he. They've done
1: it three do it. times since in the okay, last but seven, I'm t- two I mean, years. but
3: okay. It's hard to compare Fasano and and Martellis. I mean, Witten was in his prime back then. Sure. But Witten in the in the third in the final chapter of his career, if you br- I mean, break it into 5-year stretches, this toward the closer to the end than the beginning, they right. drafted a guy in the top 50 and he couldn't really do anything with that. Uh, Witten played 97% of the season. He's the reason I, I
2: love the Earl Thomas trade even more. Who? Because it gives us something to watch at training camp, or no, no, because well, that I'm not even that would be. I wasn't talking about that would be a lot of fun. I was talking about Escobar. Oh, like you're gonna give a second round? Pick? Oh yeah, no. I when mean, I think about it being picked on Kevin Escobar, I'm like, yeah, sounds pretty good.
3: How <laughs> Bruce many Carter? Okay. Sean Lee is really. <laughs> I was about to say Sean
1: Lee is about the one I could think of. And
3: well, I mean the guy you're paying 17 million dollars to. Demarcus
1: right now.
2: Lawrence was a good second yeah, round pick. So, I mean, Smith. We'll,
3: there, we'll see, it's What's there's every reason to believe that they can find a good second round player, but they've got plenty of history with bad ones too. And I for be- it's it's not my place to comment on whether Jason Witten should come off the field. Honestly, I mean he's he's going to be the longest tenured Cowboy in history. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He can do whatever he wants until he decides he retires as far as I'm concerned. He still he's not as good as he used to be. He still does his job effectively enough that and, and no, he's not, you know, it would be fun to have like a David Njoku type of guy or uh, or an Evan Ingram who right. can do all that type of stuff. I don't like these guys don't want that type of guy anyway. Like they've shown nothing to Say that that that's how they want it's their true. tight they ends to play. Like and, it's easy to daydream about a tight end with Jimmy Graham like ability running down the seam. Like they don't want that guy. They want the no offense to Jason Witten. They want like the boring style of tight end play. And not only that, the but I think wham
2: the nose. Yeah, but, but, but I do. think The other part to that too
1: is that they they respect what he also does from a leadership standpoint. Absolutely. We've seen this happen throughout the NFL oh, yeah. history of the NFL. A guy that is a really great leader. They will give that guy many more years of being on a team. It happened with Woodson. Uh, You look at a guy like Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis wasn't playing his best football by the end, but he was such a great leader. That they were like, okay, we'll deal with some of the things where he's taking a step back because the leadership is so good, right? And I think it's kind of the same thing with Witten, that you have to factor in all of that when you talk about who he is as a player.
3: The positives outweigh the negatives, in my opinion. I mean, he got flagged four times last year. His yards per reception are the lowest of his career. I still think the positives outweigh the negatives. I still think he can be a meaningful contributor to a good team, and I still think he's going to play ninety-five percent or more of the snaps. He got flagged four times last year. That's what the that's what I read. I mean, well, I mean, not read, but like I went
2: back and looked at it. I mean, it three, did, doesn't it seem like it's almost won a game? It does, but that's one a month. Yeah, four. I mean, that's he got not, flagged.
3: I mean, I.
2: Ozell got a false start every <laughs> single game, and it was fine. Because. He got flagged
3: three times for holding and once for false start last year. That's it. Yeah. God, I thought it was He did he did He might have some two of his three. there might have been some declined ones in there, maybe, but two of his three holds wiped out like fifty yards of rushing yardage. Yeah, it hurts. Um I don't know, man. I just I'll worry about that when he decides to retire. Because like (laughs) the worry about the few like why just why are you gonna draft this guy? You know, Mike Mike from Penn State is like he's that's he's the Jimmy Graham this year. Like you're just gonna have him wither away on the bench because he not getting on the field, That I'd rather have a guy who can do more for me. Right.
1: And the one thing you'll say about tight end, too, is it seems it seems like replacing a tight end is a lot different than a quarterback. You know, you have to get the quarterback in there early and give him a chance to kind of be ready for when he takes the mantle. For, for tight end, it seems like if you draft the right one, you can bring him in, and in, in year one, they can be a really good well, player for you. See what New York it, did. Don't not don't to know, mention, for what they want their tight
3: ends to do, Hannah and Swaim can develop just as well Not in Hannah. their role. I mean, sorry, um, Jarwin. Yeah. I gotta refocus yeah. <laughs> myself. But train yourself. You know, develop you... as blockers and all that good stuff in practice and in the two and three tight end sets, like. They're not. I, I'll. I'll believe they're going to draft an Evan Ingram when I see it. Anyway, at least as long as this coaching staff is in place.
1: All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back next week, and uh, actually, we got so much coverage coming on this weekend. Make sure you check out DallasCowboys.com. We're back next Cowboys mobile app. Uh, we're back
3: next week. Can I take next week off? No, we're after be, I do actually, our, hours our time of radio will actually change. Weekend. We're
1: actually going to be coming on on Tuesday next week. Oh, that's right. Uh, because on Wednesday through Friday. We ain't going to be here. We going on far. vacation. We got vacation coming up. And so uh, we'll tell you more about that next Tuesday, though. But until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about Cowboys! Yeah!